Now we continue with the kids of Every Widow Thing in part two. Well, I'm Sally Rogers. I am thrilled to be here today. But let's introduce ourselves. I'm Aislinn. I am Kira's oldest daughter, and I'm 20, and I go to the University of Texas at Austin. Hi, I'm Thomas. I'm Kira's only son. I'm 18, and I go to the uh, University of Virginia in Charlottesville. I'm Ryder. I'm 19, and I go to Northeastern University in Boston. Who's your mom? Lacey. Uh, I'm Zach. I'm 18. I'm a senior at St. Michael's Academy, and I'm Holly's youngest son. I'm Gabe. I'm Holly's oldest son. I'm 21, and I'm at Texas Christian University. Let's go back to what did people, Couple two-part question, what did people say to you that irritated you at that time? And also, what what were some of the things that were messed up that, you know, that people did for you afterward or things that you thought like were, they shouldn't have been done? Just back to like the, are you okay? Is everything okay? I'm like, random people asking me. I'm like, yeah. I'm like, yeah. I'm, I don't like when I'm fine. Random but people ask me things and I'm obviously not going to, I'm not, obviously not going to open up to them. So I'm not going to confide in you. I've talked to you kind two of times. Me. Yeah. And I just have to give the same, like, it's fine. Like, two-word response every time. What would you want them to ask you? Or what would you want them to say to you? Especially after being older, but, you know, after your parents died. What What was... Don't say anything. Just, like, act like, let's be in the present moment. Act like it's a normal day. I think, like, being there instead of, like, talking about it was better. Not, like, acting like nothing happened in the sense, like, do you want to hang out? Do you want to you know, do you need a ride to the soccer game? Like maybe it's not necessarily directly like, I know that this just happened to you and you might not have somebody to give you a ride, more just like- Just people being yeah, nice. Keep, like, yeah, being nice, that's, playing it That's cool. what I like. Yeah. Like when my, my friends were around, it was like the same thing. It was like, yeah, like they knew and they, they said whatever at first, but then after that, it was just like, we just hung out like normal. Yeah, yeah like my good friends know like how to treat or they knew how to treat me, like in the situation. So they get the same, basically. Yeah, I mean, they didn't change. We would talk about it. I mean, I have talked about it if I needed to, but it's not like they're asking me about it. One thing I want people to know when they're like listening to the podcast is that I am still a person just like you. Um, I have different problems than you do, so please do not treat me any different. Like as if I was. Uh, like, don't feel like pity for me. I, I go through things, you go through things, we're no different. And I mean, that's the main reason why I switched schools. Everyone just like acted weird to me, like teachers, students, uh, they give me like weird looks sometimes. Mm. And I, I genuinely do not like special attention. Just like treat me like a normal person and just live on with your life. Uh, and I think that's the best way of going through it. It's not my identity. I'm just, just like you. So I guess be there like as a nice person, like what they said, but don't make that who I am. Don't pity you. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I might be there, and if I if I really need to talk about it, I'll find someone to talk about it with. But like aside from that, it's like we're all the same. And you can't be you like know? my savior or something. Like you know, I'll be there for you. Like I'm gonna come in and save you for this problem. Like that's not how that works. Uh, this is really helpful to people listening because don't you think it's people? One of you said it. They feel like they gotta say something. And generally, that's when something stupid comes out, like heaven needed another angel or God doesn't give you more than you can handle. They always, I, I remember at 
Um, like I think the memorial, somebody was like, you know that this wasn't God's plan. And I'm like, well, no shit. I don't think <laughs> I'm like, I don't think that he was like, I want to, you know, have your dad die. See, there's the a dark way. I mean, I remember I was that was day was super foggy, the memorial, but I remember hearing that said to me. I almost sort of chuckled to myself. Like I was like, um, well, <laughs> yeah, obviously. And I think that that, like, you know, heaven gained another angel or something. Like, in the sense, in this, it's obvious in the sense that, like, yes, he went, like, yes. And you don't have to say that. And you don't have to acknowledge that. That is what happened. And it's like weird for you to have some like cliche response. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think, like, kind of going back to what Ryder said, like, I feel like at my school, at least since I was in middle school, people didn't really give a fuck. Like, they kind of just, I mean, we were like 11 and 12, they were just doing their own thing. Um, and most of my friends knew. And I think the difference was that the school was really supportive. And I do think, and they did treat us differently that first year, at least. And I think that was honestly very helpful because that was more like logistic wise. But, um, I did, you know, again, we were in middle school, so there were kids that were not like necessarily rude on purpose, but I had, you know, girls be like, oh, she's using her dad's death for attention. That's definitely not. <laughs> like, there was just, an easier yeah. way to get attention, I am sure. <laughs> right. And so it's just, and it's like, I also never talked about it. It was just something she'd found out. And so, you know, I, I remember kind of like thinking back on that and being like, wow, I mean, we were all just kids, you know? Mm-hmm. We were just kids. I didn't, I didn't know how to react. I didn't know what to do. And neither did they, you know? And that's just one of those things. But, I kind of appreciated in that sense that since a lot of people didn't know how to react, no one did anything, which I was like, okay, good, good for me. Like, I won't do anything either then, you know? Not for me, but the times I think I've been most helpful when I go to the person who's grieving, I'm like, well, this sucks. (laughs) You lost, you know, your husband or you lost your dad. Helpman's a lot better than like, I'm so sorry. Like, especially like at the memorial and you got people go out of their way to talk to me. I'm like, I don't know who you are. I heard, no. I heard, I never knew how to respond when people said, I'm like, I'm so sorry. Like, I'm just like, yeah. It's okay. Because <laughs> like, you do find yourself trying to comfort other people in your own grief. Yeah. If they would just say, that sucks. And you can and go, yeah, yeah it, it does. does. And you can cuss a little. Or <laughs> then that's the appropriate response because what are they going to say that's going to make you feel better? Yeah, the problem is they don't, I guess, see our views on things. They have been through it. So mm-hmm. their response will likely just be like, oh, you're in our prayers. And like, I'm sorry, but your prayers, oh. your prayers ain't going to bring them back, buddy. Um, mm-hmm. So it's not going to help. But I understand where they're coming from and that they're trying to be nice. You know, they're trying to be supportive, but they don't know how to. And that's where the issue comes from. It's like they don't know, I guess, the appropriate way to respond to something like that. I was going to say, I feel like you can always tell if someone's been through a similar thing or not. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Talk to me about that. Don't know how to like approach you. <laughs> I don't know. I like, like I can tell when certain people have or like like I have a few other friends who have had like similar situations. And I can just like when we interact, even if we're not that close, I can like sometimes you can just tell they have similar perspective on yeah how they carry themselves. You can tell that they have a similar perspective. That's kind of what it is. And for me, I always think it has made my life perspective more realistic 
And I almost feel like in going to college now and like meeting new people that I've gravitated towards people who also have a very realistic and straight up perspective of life because they've also gone through something that made life look raw. And Well, you grow, you're forced to grow up for one thing, whether you want to or not, right? Talk to me about that, Gabe. I mean, your life changed instantly. Did it change you? Did you feel like you had to grow up pretty fast? I don't know. I feel like it just, I definitely think it makes me more realistic. I think it makes you more mature almost. Um, I think the maturity thing, I resonate with that because I always felt maybe like a little more grown up than some of the kids around me. Not like significantly, but, um, and it wasn't even like across the board, but sometimes certain people would like behave in ways that I didn't really imagine myself doing. And I was like, that's kind of childish. And I yeah. feel like just like having it happen to you, you kind of got awareness. And I always felt sometimes more aware about certain situations, especially in school, like, especially like middle school boys, they do like dumb stuff. And like, I definitely did too. But sometimes I would see stuff that I'm like, that's just, I don't even understand that. And then I always felt myself, um, I don't know, maybe like analyzing the kids my age a little bit more and, uh, taking a step back and trying to be like less involved. So you mean just sort of observing them rather than participating? Yeah. I mean, I didn't always want to like be participated because I wasn't like super extroverted too, but um, it just felt like, I don't know, because I didn't go through middle school, like without having my father pass away, I don't know if it would have been any different. Like a lot of these kids had had quote unquote, like perfect lives, like nothing really that bad had happened. And I feel like either witnessing some sort of traumatic event or having to do having to take on a responsibility like having to grow up quickly that can make you just like look at life differently i or i agree with the like analyzing when you said you're like, analyzing people because i feel like after everything happened i was a lot more selective with who i was friends with i don't know it just made me like why do you think you were more selective who's actually gonna be there for me and like who i can talk to about things yeah, I think I just stopped caring as much, like if I had a bad day or whatever. <clears throat> Not that I would think about the accident or anything, but just my perspective, I'd be like, like, oh, it's just, it's like, it's one thing or it's like, it's one bad grade, like my life's pretty good. So I'm, I'm move on. Like, yeah, it's like not that deep anymore yeah. because you know what like is actually, exactly. actually matters. And then especially when like you'd have other friends like complain to you about like the littlest thing. I'm like, like you have the right to be to complain about it, but I'm like, it's not the big deal. Like it's like it's today, tomorrow's another day. I feel like people getting like really petty things are offended by everything. And I'm just like, honestly, I'm just not really affected by it. Um, I feel like also um kids my age just think they're invincible. They'll do some like really stupid stuff. Like I'm always thinking, am I like like super grown up for my age or am I just like, you know, not in touch with uh, people my age because like I'll see them do some really stupid stuff and just be like, why are you doing that? You feel more like rational somewhat? Yeah, you, you feel more rational, exactly. Um, more grounded. More grounded. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, did I grow up too fast? Like, am I not enjoying it? But you know, um, I still do things that I did as a kid, but like, I don't do um, things that I could see as like harmful to myself. Mm -hmm. My sense talking to all of you is there's a there's this underlying sense of responsibility to yeah. not only to yourselves but to your families. I you know and I think that's something I sh I never wanted to mess up or do anything that was going to cause my mom any more <laughs> sadness or grief, you know. I didn't want to cause any more grief in my family, which also is a burden to carry. 
Do you yeah. feel that ever? I mean, I think that for me, like part of the, I'm sure that a lot of older siblings can relate to this, but part of the burden that I carried being the oldest was that I almost feel like my relationship with my mom changed a little bit because I started to hold space for her as like almost a, a co-parent dynamic. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like I started to do a lot more around the house and she kind of would talk to me about my siblings or like, you know, I, I just felt kind of the walls came down in that child-parent relationship to a certain extent. And I definitely wanted to be strong for her too because I knew that she was kind of counting on me and that our dynamic had shifted a little bit. Oh, interesting. Yeah. What about you, Gabe, oldest? Um, I don't know. I think it's like can't get two perspectives on certain things. And like mm-hmm. there's no ask your dad. There's no – it's like you have to – it's it's more predictable. Like and you like you said, like the walls get breaking down. Like you kind of know mm-hmm. – you kind of know more. You know what she's going to say at certain things, um, what you have to do, that sort of thing. Yeah. We just, we actually just had a conversation with our mom a couple days ago about how my dad really didn't like us watching like SpongeBob or like Disney Channel or anything like that. And my mom kind of teased and she was like, well, after he died, you guys could watch whatever you want. And we were like, yeah. Cause like it, again, like you said, like it's not two parents, it's now one and it's the one parent's perspective. And so mm. things shift because um, that's one person's opinions, one person's advice one person's you know one person to approve um and it's definitely different yeah i was um a very different kid when i was uh younger like i was off the walls crazy i'd like just i was like always doing something very energetic um and uh people probably found me really annoying because i go on and on talking about stuff they were not interested in uh especially video games they really did not want to hear it but uh, as, um, all this stuff happened, I felt that I became more like reserved as a person because if I stayed that way, it would be a lot more trouble for my mom. And I don't know whether this is true, but I sort of became more less and less like, I guess, problematic in what you might think mm. that I wouldn't require as much energy to like, you know, have to handle. And it wasn't like a co-parent thing or anything like that. I just sort of made myself more, um, reserved in that sense. Mm-hmm, interesting. You left. You're, you're. You're. You become more independent. Really, is what happens too. All of you probably yeah. did. There's less feeling of like I'm gonna throw a tantrum about not getting this Christmas present because yeah. there's things that are bigger than that. Yeah. Yeah. Like as a kid, you just don't want to cause any more issues because then it it's like, well, they're already insanely busy. You have no idea what's going on, mm-hmm. and now you're causing trouble. How do you feel if your if your dad's had lived? How would you be a different person, or would you be? Do you what do you think he would be more carefree? Uh, would you be you know what what do you think would be different? I think maybe my whole life would be different mm-hmm. just based on the fact that like I don't know butterfly effects at every small change, and I can't really imagine it because I'm not gonna be able to see my life like that, but I think that this event when I was a kid contributed heavily to like who I am now and a lot of the decisions I made. So I just know for a fact my life would be different. I don't know uh, exactly how, but mm-hmm. I feel like I would be, I try and think on like the bright side of it. And I think that my dad dying was benefit, uh, was like beneficial to my character in a way. Mm-hmm. So I feel like I might be maybe less mature and like respectful or whatever if he lived just on the fact that like my, I would have a different perspective and I'd be more like the people who hadn't really been through something like that. 
I definitely pride myself on like the maturity and this respectfulness and being independent and things like that. And I think that those are some of the bright sides that you can look at, you know, kind of coming out of one of these experiences and like learning stuff from it, which I think is the most important part of the grief process is learning about yourself through it also and learning about life. It definitely would have been different because it's, again, it's having two perspectives versus one, having two two sets of rules versus one and things like that. And I know that there were a lot of things that my dad did um, did as a parent that we definitely have not experienced. I remember specifically, like I, I when I was really little, he made some joke about me like not dating until I was 30. And then I had like a quote unquote boyfriend in middle school. And I feel like that that wouldn't have happened if he was might around. Have, yeah. <laughs> things yeah. like that, like little stuff. It just would change your experiences. Yeah, one of the um, things that I thought of is like, I myself am, I guess, more emotional as a person. Like, I, I'm better understanding what people are going through. And weirdly enough, I thought of this like really kind of a messed up uh, thought. And it's like, would I be the same person if my father, kind of like what Thomas said, I sort of changed, but am I better off that he's gone now? And which is a really um, thing that made me think for a moment because. I would not be the same person I am today. And a lot of things would be very different in the way my life has gone. Like probably I wouldn't have uh, changed schools, gone to a different high school, gone to a different college. I would not be on the same path I am right now. And I like my life right now. So it's kind of weird for me to say. I agree with that. Cause like there's so many different perspectives on it. Like that you don't know what path you'd like really be in right now. If you were still here and but like, I'm also pretty happy with the good that's came out of it and like how it's toughened me as a person. And how it brings your family together too. I feel like we always say, or my mom always says Lyman's first, even when we used to fight and like if we would get other friends involved or something, she was like, you have to put Lyman's first. And I always appreciated that message coming out of it kind of. Which you'll carry into your, your family. Yeah. Yeah. But family is the most important thing. Yeah. Yeah. I think, it is weird thinking about how it would have been, but there's like positives that come out of it. Just like, I feel like I'm a lot more understanding of a person and like, I'm good at like listening. If pe people have problems, like, I don't know. Um, like y'all were saying, it's definitely odd because I like the way my life's going right now. So I got to think about how it would be. Something that I learned after the accident was that uh, my dad had gotten offered a job back in New York. And my family was considering moving back to New York before it happened. And I think, I'm not exactly sure, but at the time that he had passed, I don't think we had been in Austin for very long, but we ne we had, we haven't moved. Four years? Yeah. We haven't moved since then. It's been like 12 years and now I go to college here and it's, so the city is near and dear to me now, but maybe it wouldn't have been as much if we had moved and, you know, just weird things like that. Sounds like, maybe I'm reading this wrong, that most of you or all of you are doing pretty great. Yeah, I'm kind of glad I don't know that, I guess, like separate reality because then you'd start comparing like both realities. And I mean, if you're happy with your life right now, I, as messed up as it sounds, I'm happy with how it's, everything's gone. Yeah. What would you tell a kid your age when it happened, when you lost your dad? What advice would you give them? I would say to someone kind of my age, like, don't beat yourself up for not feeling about it the way that you feel like you're supposed to or the way that maybe somebody else is. Um, because I know 
a lot of people were very sad for me, but I didn't want to feel sad in that moment. And, you know, people all around you are just sad and the memorial's sad and everything's like dark and you just want to feel normal. And I think that that should be normalized in the sense that I've done a lot of work as I've gotten older through working through my grief and you don't necessarily have to work through it when you're six, nine, 11, et cetera, because that's not nece- that's not something that a six, nine, 11 year old is supposed to go through or a 14 year old or a 16 year old. But again, like I think give yourself time to readjust. And then if if you're struggling with like working through those feelings, then acknowledge that. But if you're not and you're not feeling that struggle right when it happens, that that's normal. And that doesn't, I think I felt guilty partly that I wasn't completely heartbroken and that I wasn't like a complete mess. And it's okay to know that that doesn't have to be the case, even though like everyone's telling you and acting like the world is over, it's not. And that's kind of part of learning that like life goes on and being rational and realistic. I think in my opinion, I've I've thought about this before, but I don't really believe that someone can get truly over something, especially a loss of someone that close to you. So what I kind of learned in years recently, like the last few years is um, I've been trying to grow with it rather than past it because it is still part of you. Like I don't, I don't let it uh, shape my identity, but I try to be aware of and conscious of what it's done for me. So I think that's really important at the start is um, there's nothing really you can do. And like Aislinn said, you can't beat yourself up about the way you feel or what you do after that, because you're going to be a little bit irrational um, and I think the thing that was most important for me was just trying to stay aware that time will help and that, uh, you know, I just need to make the best of my situation and try to look past it, but um, still like keep it with you. Don't push it out completely because when you push it out, that's when it causes other problems of uh, like emotion buildup or, you know, you ignore it completely and then that can happen and you can block out like memories from that time too if you try and like push away. Yeah, Thomas made a great point. Uh, it should be not your focus of your life, but it should still be a part of your life. Like, um, I actually um, have his watch on my wrist. I, I usually carry it around when I was in uh, university, and <laughs> I kind of seem like a, a jerk uh, going around with a really expensive watch. Um, but um, it's sort of a thing that like I keep it as a reminder, but it's not like the focus of my life. It's like it's always there, but it's not what I always think about. Like I'll go like many days not thinking about it. And if I were going to say it to someone who had just this um, issue and <laughs> kind of like going back on the thing about what people say in response to it is that sometimes they're always like, oh, uh, I feel so sorry. It's just a huge reminder of what had just happened. It's like, thanks for reminding me. But just know that people are still looking out for you and they're not trying to like scare you or like push you away or anything. They just don't know how to respond and just take it with um, a grain of salt and how they respond with that. And keep being yourself. If you're still a kid, you should still try and be a kid. Don't let this, I guess, ruin your childhood for you. I agree with that, especially the, like knowing who is trying to help you during that time and like remember who's actually there for you. And I think that's the biggest piece of advice I would give someone. Yeah. I would say not to, not don't drown it out, but don't let it take over. Cause at the end of the day, it's like, small you know it's just one part of your life there's all these other parts it's going to get better but everything is with time 
Well, I hear the the common theme or one of the common themes is don't lose your your childhood. Don't lose your innocence in all of this because it's easy. It would be easy to do that. But you all seem to have kept that in perspective and just wanted to be kids, just wanted to be normal kids after that. Even though we're decades apart, this is really uh, this is really comforting and healing for me to hear you guys talk. Um, I think that like any any way that it happened, any time that it happened, like everybody can relate no matter how kind of like different the specific experience was, right? Like even though it happened to you like a while ago, like Thomas said, it doesn't mean like you stop grieving and it doesn't mean it stops the process. It's like a lifetime thing. It's interesting. I have a painting of my father that um, a a friend of mine had done for me, and it's my father and and me on my second birthday. She found a picture of us. It's this beautiful painting that was done by uh, by an artist here in Austin. And I look at it every day when I go to bed because it's right when I walk into my bedroom, it's on the wall next to my bedroom door. And um, it's that keeping him with me always. But I don't think I'm not crying or, you know, I'm not sad, but I'll touch it every night before I go to bed. Yeah. You know, just yeah. to kind of say, hey, you know, you're always with me. Yeah. I think remembering that it doesn't have to be sad, too. Right. That it doesn't have to all be like, you know, boohoo, that was horrible. Like, yes, it was, but, you know, life he wasn't. Gone. Yeah. And like, life life is not horrible now. Um, and, you know, like, I always think, you know, if he would be proud of me in this moment or if he would be happy for me in this moment, then I don't need to be sad about him not being here for it. If that makes sense. It makes perfect sense. Anything you guys want to add? Oh, I think it's always good to not idealize the parent who's passed away. And sort of, I mean, we already brought up stuff about this, like their little uh, quirks and like what they do. It's always good to keep them kind of human because if we are always just thinking about him as like an ideal perspective, sometimes I can make you think like, am I not living up to this parent or something like that? And I think that's always good to keep in perspective that they were also human too. So they're not like some sort of perfect person uh-huh. that just um, was taken away unfairly. I could talk to y'all all night and feel like I have five new best friends. And I mean that sincerely. It's really lovely to talk to you guys. Yeah.